everybody, welcome to the ASAP Podcast. I am Reese, your host. This is so great. I'm back. Sorry I was sick and at spring break for so long. Um, don't know if anyone missed me, but I'm here. I'm also here with my friend and spiritual son, Jacob. Say hi, Jacob. Hey, guys. Uh, Reese, I, I missed you. I missed you on the podcast, I, I will say. But uh, oh, you're I'm here a- with my dad, and I'm super excited. Well, we have at least one faithful listener. Uh, also with us is Haley. Say hi, Haley. Hello, I'm Haley. I'm not Reese's son, but I'm here. Super excited about it. So That's good. Um, I've heard you two are very good conversationalists, so I'm excited. Hope we'll I see. Don't yeah. disappoint. Yeah. Uh, Hope you don't set the standard too high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Um, I mean, following after Fred, that's, that's hard. That's it hard is to tough. Do. Tough act yeah. to follow. Old BFF Fred. Fredward. Um, so speaking of Fred, do we just want to get into it? Go into the message? Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Boom. There we go. Okay. So Fred in his message identified three kinds of people we want on our discipleship journey. Um, so the first one that I actually bolded it in my notes. This is so fun. Um, he said, we need people who are ahead of us, coaches, mentors, supervisors, things like that. What are your all's experiences with people ahead of you. Do you have any notable positive experiences? Yeah, Reese, I actually, I have a lot um, from college at least. Um, I really hadn't had anyone who was ahead of me um, before college. I'd had some mentors, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they were, um, we met on a regular enough basis for them to be discipling me as much. Um, So when I got to college though, I got plugged into Commonwealth City Church as well as CSF, and um, I had Trey Sexton from Commonwealth. Um, He's discipling me right now. He's been discipling me and some of my roommates for a few years now. And then just, like, obviously you and uh, just some other guys here at CSF, and it's been been super cool because I think guys need some – well, guys and girls, but guys especially need an older figure, wiser figure in their lives, no matter – how much older you're only two years older than me but um to just help them uh live life together yeah Haley yeah I think pretty similar to Jacob um coming into freshman year I remember going through like a lot of hard times and I would show up at CSF and specifically Kennedy now Wolf um, would always want to take me out to coffee or take me out to lunch and just like talk to me and work through whatever was going on. And then Lexis McCormick, who age old staff member, um, would also just be there for me. And I cannot imagine getting through that year without them. And they have just been such, or especially Lexis, she's been such a strong mentor in my life now. And I think we can get caught up like with the ups and downs of life, like, the hills and the valleys and when we're on a hill and we think we're so close to the Lord, like we don't need anybody. And that Mm. is just so far from the truth. Um, because sin can just take us so quickly and darkness can just wrap us up. So having those people, and now I'm in Lydia Slayton's core group who decided I got that honor, but, um, (laughs) and she's just amazing. And my community leaders are amazing. Um, and I think it's just so important to have those people in your life and to like, really lean on them, like actually take advantage of the mentors that the Lord has put in your life. So yeah, very important. Glad that Fred brought that up. Yeah. Um, even in my life personally, um, (laughs) one of the, 
one of the best little mentor relationships I've had was actually in middle school. Uh, the deacon at the church I went to at the time, uh, my dad's church that he leads, the Anglican church, he was actually, um, man, this is really going to show my hand, but he was the dungeon master in our Dungeons and Dragons group. <laughs> and he was also just like the wisest and gentlest person um, in history. Uh, he rivals Fred. So Ooh, that's really saying a lot. That is um, saying a lot. Yeah. So I also, um, just out of my own personal, I guess I'll, I'll pick your all's brains about this, but I really liked how Fred said you have to find someone who knows you personally. Mm-hmm. I thought about how you can't, you can have mentors through books and through podcasts, but the whole idea of those are long distance mentors of like, if you have a long distance relationship, you can't actually see how someone interacts with other people. What do you all think? Did, did you like that or did you, did something else in that yeah. section stick out to you? Yeah, I like that a lot because uh, one of the great things about having a mentor, uh, I'll just use you for an example, um, <clears throat> just specifically with, for accountability reasons. A mentor who doesn't know you, doesn't know your personal struggles, uh, doesn't know what you're going through in everyday life. Um, but since I, I, you've been discipling me for three years, um, along with, I know we'll get to it at some point, the guys who walk with me in our accountability group. Um, but you specifically started that group and you specifically know each one of our stories. And because of that, you can pray for us. You can give us advice and wisdom um, because you've gone before us and you've gone through some of the things that we've gone through in college. And uh, so, yeah, I think that was really, really good word by Fred um, on finding someone ahead of you who personally knows you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, like, he talked about how in 1 Corinthians 11, um, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And it just made me think about how, like, choosing mentors is important almost, how they can choose you, but it's also important to see how, um, like, if you know, if someone knows you well and you know them, and you can see that they are truly filled with the Spirit and that they have Christ living inside of them, then there's just no hesitation to trust when they pray for you, trust when they give you advice, trust them to, like, bring your sins before them and um, have them keep you accountable. Um, So them personally knowing you is so important because then they can see who I am in Christ and, like, what my identity is, and I can see that in them. Um, and if you don't have that, then there's just no trust and no true, like, community, t- true intimacy with the person. Um, and I think that's so important, especially to just see, just being able to trust that they are going to be Jesus to you um, and that they can see that in you, too. So, Yeah, I think you point out something interesting. The, the same values that make someone a good follower also make them a good leader. Um, like we have, uh, <laughs> we have kind of a thing we say behind the scenes. Uh, we look for the fat students, but it's an acronym, <laughs> um, speaking, uh, so, uh, from the discipleship standpoint, so that stands for faithful, available, and teachable. And those three qualities mm-hmm. are both, you, you can't have a good leader if they're not faithful and available and teachable. You yourself, um, like that, that's just quality leaders, quality followers. So even think about Lydia Sladen, she's in the same capacity of like 
always being available mm-hmm. to be taught, but also always being available to be faithful to the people she's teaching. Um, yeah. With that, she's definitely a better example than I am. So um, I don't know. Jacob can disagree, but I'm not allowed to. So. Let's just say you're both great examples. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, any last things in there? No. Cool. Awesome. Um, the next part. This one was really the, was the richest part for me. Yep. Uh, we need people who walk alongside mm-hmm. us. Um, I think just first thing that comes to mind is that um, I think this is something that's so often neglected in the American church is actually having deep spiritual friendships. So something we do really well here is cultivating friendship with others um, and making sure people feel connected. Um, so there's just that's just not super common. That's something I really love about what we do here is um, making sure there's nothing you can't share or ask uh, with other people. Um, so I don't know what's, what's been your all's experience with sharing the journey with other people. Yeah. So I, I've talked about it a little bit already, but just, um, our accountability group that we started three years ago, um, my, our, what was it? My sophomore year. Yeah. Um, just, that's the first time in my, um, walk with Christ that I've genuinely felt like, guys were living life with me and I could be open with them about anything in my life. Um, because before it just felt like, ah, oh, I can't tell them this cause then they'll think that I'm a bad Christian or they'll think I'm a bad person. Um, but you Reese, you did a great job as being that one before us to create a open, vulnerable culture within our group to where it made all these six guys who barely knew each other feel comfortable enough to start even sharing the smallest little details in their life. And then as all of us started sharing the small details together, um, it just kind of formed this trust between all of us, um, which you need trust in order to do that and to walk with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, You need to be trustworthy. And it just kind of snowballed as we kept going. Um, we got m- deeper, more open, more vulnerable. And now I feel like I can share anything with these guys because um, I know that they love me um, and they want to help me and they care for me. And at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be praying for me um, and praying for my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other day, actually, at Shift, um, David talked about confession. That was the big thing we were talking about. And um, me and my shift girls, and if you all don't know what shift is, it's CSF's freshman ministry, um, and we gather on Monday nights. So we were talking about how sometimes it feels so hard to confess and to open up to the, even the people at CSF because you just think that everybody has their life together. And so, like, you're going to be bringing this big, heavy thing or this really dark sin um, And people are going to look at you like you're something else, you know, like, how could you do that? Oh, my gosh. Um, So it really is like when you live in intimacy with each other and you live in an accountability like relationship um, and you do bring those things to each other, you realize that everybody's in the same boat and everybody has their stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when true freedom can be experienced. So um, walking alongside other people like towards Jesus, I think accountability is huge. 
I think being willing to confess without fear of judgment is huge. And that goes back to like how I said, choosing your right, like choosing a mentor and choosing people who, um, you know, are going to imitate Christ, choosing friends that, you know, you can trust because you see Christ in them is so important. Um, and I also think about when Fred was talking about the passage in, I think Matthew, and he was saying that Jesus said that he's calling us friends. And then he also says, love each other. This is what I'm commanding you to do. And I just was thinking about that. And I was like, wow, Jesus deeply cares about friendship. Jesus cares. Like we, I feel like it's so easy um, to like put God in a box and look at our friends as this like other entity. And oh, our friends are the people we have fun with. Our friends are the people that we get to be roommates with or whatever it is, but like Jesus cares about friendship and um, like he cares about how we build each other up in him and how we talk to each other and all these different things. So I just thought that was really cool. And just choosing, choosing people who are like Christ and that you can see the spirit in them to surround yourself with and being vulnerable because vulnerability breeds vulnerability age old saying. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good one. Um, I like, from that same passage, um, my favorite little quote is, no one has any greater love than this to lay down your life for your friends. <clears throat> yeah. um, and I think really Jesus pulls out a lot of little things for the disciples in that moment, but then that's the greatest like setup knockdown of, of him saying, y'all are my friends. Um, so I think that's, that's even in a way, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm an engaged person. Not like, that's not just, uh, sorry, it's not just an adjective about me. Like I'm getting ready to be married. Like I proposed <laughs> to my girlfriend, engaged. Um, and even thinking about how the the love that I'm going to share with my soon-to-be wife um, is that there's going to be a capacity at which my best friends, there's going to be a greater love there, um, at least a more uh, a love with more spiritual gravity than there will be with my wife. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, that, that goes into like, is your wife your best friend or are the people your best friends? I don't know. I'm not married yet. So we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to, I want to say something about the friendship thing. Um, Cause that's just been a huge part. I feel like in my story is just the community. The Lord has blessed me with uh, and something I've just been learning recently um, about just friendship with the Lord. It's, um, it's just like it, Every time I come back to what a friend we have in Jesus, um, all our uh, griefs and pains to bear, uh, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. And that's what we do with friends, and that's what we should be doing with God. Like in my accountability group, I'm bringing forth things I'm struggling with, things I'm joyful for. But at the same time, I should be bringing those before the Lord um, first, hopefully. Um, and just in prayer and cause he is my greatest friend. He is my gracious companion. That's good. Um, that's really good. In my group the other night, um, we kind of were talking about going to your friends and relying on friends. And we started to talk about that, talk about going to the Lord before you go to somebody else. And it just like reminds me of a time that me and my roommate, we would always go to each other for things. And then one day, um, she came to me and I stopped her and I said, okay, you need to go pray about this first. Like you need to be bringing it to the Lord before you bring it to me, even though I want to help you and I want to be here for you. Like 
he is your greatest friend and Mm -hmm. he is the greatest source of um, comfort and guidance and discernment. So like go to him first and it's easy to go to people because they're right in front of us or, you know, we're having a hard day or we're struggling with something and we're like, Oh man, I really need to talk to this person. But um, if we can almost force ourselves to become in a habit of going to the Lord before we go to people, um, it'll deepen the conversation and like bring it deeper and bring it more rooted when we do have it with another person, because we'll already have like sought out the greatest source of discernment and Mm -hmm. wisdom. So, yeah. And just like we haven't even, I can't believe we haven't brought this up yet either with walking with people just at the end Fred's sermon, uh, great commission at the end of Matthew 28. And surely I'm with you always to the very Mm -hmm. end of the age. So what Jesus says, like Jesus is walking with us also at the same time and he's being a better friend than anyone else can be for us yeah yeah there's this um there's this passage there's the pair of verses in philippians um that uh got emphasized to me the other day um that i think kind of wraps this all together uh it says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having mm-hmm. the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. So in that, um, Paul's talking to the Philippians. There's this interesting thing. So in the English language, when you have a list of things, you have, you know, name the thing, comma, name the thing, comma, and then an and or an or, and then the n- another thing, and then it's the end of the phrase. But this one is just if any blank, if any blank, if any blank. So to me, that seems he's he's layering things on top of each other. It's one thing that comes after the other. So there's this order of first is being united with Christ. And next is being comforted by his love. And then there's common sharing in the spirit and tenderness and compassion that builds on top of that. So there is, there is that sense of what you're talking about. Before you go to your roommates, um, you know, before you have the common sharing in the spirit, you need to be comforted by his love. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think uh, they're like even going all the way back uh, big step um, thinking about how everyone thinks you have to be the perfect Christian before you share with other people. Um, this kind of <laughs> this kind of undoes that of you would think it's <clears throat> common sharing in the spirit that would lead us to being united with Christ and then being comforted by his love. But it's actually the thing that helps us have that sharing and um be bonded being bonded together is the fact that we're all coming together talking about how we're we're broken and he's comforting us and loving us um so i mean that's yeah i thought that was pretty cool that was hey, where when were you reading philippians oh, the other day uh mm, i think it was brought up in a, a core group that <laughs> oh. i lead with some someone was there did too I, did i get the invite uh yeah you were there uh, you heard was, me okay. you heard me say this i okay. don't know if you actually listened no i, w- but, I was listening oh good yeah that um, makes me feel like a proud father. Um, proud son. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that idea of being one with Jesus, being united with Him, mm-hmm. Him being our friend, is always what precedes us having good spiritual friendships with other people. Um, so there's a point that Paul makes in Galatians. At one point, he says, "There's no longer uh, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female." for we're all one in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's not saying there's no such thing as like those identifying labelers anymore, but those things don't hold us back from, from each other 
not because they mean nothing, but because actually the one thing that defines us most is we are all mm-hmm. one in Jesus. So those, those spiritual friendships that we have, um, that depth is actually, there's such a difference between non-believing friendships where um, you're just working on, you're working with each other's stuff as you are versus I actually think there is a level at which when you're friends with someone who's a believer, the Holy Spirit is filling and enlivening and helping that friendship thrive even more um, than you would without. So, yeah. Any other any other thoughts? I think you bringing up um, like the difference between your friendships with believers and non-believers and how different they can look. Um, a huge thing is with believers. I think that. Um, you know, we talk a lot about grace and truth and how to be balanced in both. And Jesus was the perfect example of that. Um, and in your relationship with believers, I think like really balancing that grace out with truth and bringing, keeping each other accountable and, um, you know, calling each other higher is a huge thing. And like, that is how the spirit can like truly fill your relationship and how like you can build each other up as with a non-believer um, if you're doing it right, you should be giving them a lot more grace than, you know, the balance should be different. So I think accountability, we've been talking about that the whole time, but like that is how like your relationship with like your friends can look so much more spirit filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even think stepping outside of this conversation for a second, if anyone's listening to this and you're not a believer, I hope that you don't take that as well, our friendships are just better than yours and we're being snobby by, you know, pointing <laughs> yeah. out the value of our friendships. Yeah. The thing is, if we if we don't invite you to have that friendship with us and with Jesus, then we're we're being a bad friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever encounter anyone who is snobby about their relationships with other believers and isn't inviting you in to have the same thing, uh, you you know, just talk to someone else. Um, <laughs> like Fred said, if if we're so passionate about Jesus and him in our lives, we would want to share him with yeah. everyone in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that sharing, you know, that is both the, the friends who are walking beside us and, you know, um, and bringing up the great commission, everyone yeah. fulfills the great commission. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so good. Yeah. If you're not a believer, I would love to talk to you about being friends with Jesus mm. and also being my friend. So <laughs> he's a pretty good friend. Even just having a conversation with them, I'd recommend. Thanks. Thanks, Jacob. Awesome. Um, Sick. Uh, On that note, let's actually go into the next section. So uh, Fred brings up, we need people who walk behind us. Um, We need to become fishers of men. And men not in the gendered sense, but men in the old way of, like before people had the word humanity, they would say men. So fishers of humanity, human people. (laughs) So... Yeah. What do you all like about that section? Yeah. Um, that's something big that, um, I really hadn't started practicing until recently. Um, I remember specifically, um, just a couple years ago, um, one of my mentors, uh, was my friend's dad. He was a pastor, um, was kind of discipling us one summer and we were talking about the difference between, um, conversion and discipleship. And, like, obviously, as um, believers, we want to convert people to Christianity, but we, we can't stop there. We've got to disciple them um, and just walk with them in their relationship with the Lord. Because um, with conversion, it could just 
stop there. Um, but with discipleship, the whole idea is you disciple them and they disciple others. And it mm-hmm. just creates a larger community in the church in general than just, oh, that person is now a believer. I, I can stop like, you know, I don't need to like hang out with them and talk to them about Jesus anymore. Um, but yeah, um, so this year I've been blessed with the opportunity to lead a shift group as Haley uh, was talking about earlier. We're both shift leaders, you know. Uh, it's super fun. Um, and it's been super just like awesome um, taking on this new role that I've never really had before. Um, just because I, it's not that I'm like teaching them all the time, but like I'm learning stuff from them at the same time. So even though you have people below you and you're there as like a mentor for them and walking with them and, uh, walking before them, like they're also teaching you stuff at the same time. Um, so that, that's just been super cool for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that the Lord, like it's a kindness from the Lord to get to disciple people and to get to pour into people because not only do you get to, um, be partners in kingdom work, literally, Mm -hmm. um, you also, the Lord just gives you fulfillment from that. Like, it's not just, oh man, I'm serving and I'm just pouring out and I'm pouring out and I'm pouring out. It's not like a heavy thing. It's a fulfilling thing. And the Lord like gives you so much. I mean, he's given me so much purpose in it. And, um, you do, you learn so much from the Lord stepping into a leader role. Um, and you can be any age and be a leader. Yeah. You do not have to be a junior, senior. You don't even have to be in college. Like, if you are getting poured into you and you know the Lord, you should be pouring out as well. Um, I think of that analogy of like, you don't want to be a cup who's like um, getting filled just from the top. You want to be a cup but with like a hole in the bottom so that you're constantly filled to the brim with the spirit and constantly being filled from other people, from um, your quiet time with the Lord, just your personal relationship with him, but also you are pouring out because it is so fulfilling and it's a kindness from the Lord. It's not something that's like a burden, you know? Um, so having someone that you're discipling is super important. And I don't think I even realized that until college because like going through high school um, and even now, a lot of times I fall into these moments where I go to a gathering or I go to my community and my mindset is like, let me be filled. Let me be filled. Let me be filled. Um, like that. I am that person coming behind, but like the Lord wants me to be both. Mm-hmm. So I just think that it really is important to have both and to find that balance in your life because like the Lord will bring so much fulfillment from both ends. Yeah. yeah I even yeah. think there's a, there's a tendency. I find this within myself of I've received a blessing or, um, I like the word consolation because that's just that's just a big word that means any positive thing that the Lord does in your life. Um, anytime I receive a consolation, I just want to hold on to it. Like how that that cup doesn't have a hole in the bottom of the sense of ah, uh, you know, I have this um, a scarcity mindset that God doesn't. For some reason, I just frequently forget that Jesus didn't um, that Jesus came to bring abundant life. Mm. Um, that it's so easy to hold things tightly. Um, but that, that I like how it's not even 
you fill up the cup so that then you you pour it out. It's that you're just you just become a person that that water naturally flows mm-hmm. out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, that Jesus is the Jesus is the beginning of the the fountain of living water, but that you yourself are this just a middle point in the river of Jesus flowing through you into other people. Um, and I think a lot of that there's there's I read a lot of things that that talk about um, the word detachment. How do you keep a loose grip on things. Um, I think that that idea comes from the passage of Jesus talks about you can't serve God and money. Mm-hmm. You can only serve one or the other. Uh, you can only serve one and hate the other, that whole thing. So keeping this loose grip on, on your possessions, on your materials, or even keeping a loose grip on what God is doing in your life because you're meant to, you're meant to give as freely as you receive. Um, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing there. So I, I, I wrote down that um, following Jesus gives us the aptitude to be a trustworthy and inspiring person in the lives of others. And I think that can look like anything, just inspiring other people to be closer with Jesus. Um, so you don't have to be a shift leader like either of you two are. You don't have to go on staff like me. I even think a great example of just a little way um, is that I'm on staff, so I have to fundraise my my salary, and I have relationships with donors. And I don't know if any of them are leading small groups of any kind, um, but I know a big part of that relationship is me submitting myself to their wisdom of that they want to give, but there is a sense where, um, because they have the resources, they lead that relationship. Um, I'm in that capacity, I'm walking behind them and I'm submitting myself to both their generosity and their prayers. Um, I don't know. Do you all think, can you all think of any like creative ways to fill that role of people walking behind you um, other than just being a a group leader? You mean like, like like me walking behind others or or you leading and others walking behind you? Yes. Yeah. You leading okay. and others walking. So like other you. creative ways other than like I, me and Haley lead these people at shift mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. outside of that. Uh, I feel like it could just be like any, any sort of thing where you are consistently like trying to live. I keep saying live life, but like do life with someone or yeah. just like personally intentionally get to know them. Like, um, if, if you all like, if you fa- meet a group of guys or something that likes to run, like you try and like run with them two or three times a week. Mm. And just while you're running before, after, um, you know, really dig deep, uh, as best you can and like be intentional in your conversations with them, um, and show them that you care. And I feel like that's, that's a way that you could be leading someone, um, and they would be behind you. Yeah, I think with guys, um, we struggle so much with being lazy and passive mm-hmm. uh, or just way too aggressive and just having this simple initiative right in the middle. Like even thinking about this mix of the second and third of being an initiator in your friendships, that can be so important for guys. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a lady. I can't speak to how ladies <laughs> yeah. do that. But uh, yeah. I mean... I actually love your question because I just think if we are confining um, pursuit of others and discipleship to the walls of CSF, we are doing it so wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. the whole, like, we talk about that every week. Like, we don't want this to just stay here. We have a whole campus of people who need Jesus. We have a whole city of people who need Jesus. Um, and like how we were talking about earlier, it is the best gift we've ever received. So like, who are we to keep it to ourselves? So, um, I just think really any type of community you're in, I know for me in nursing, um, it's a very small knit group of girls and guys. Um, and like you do life with them every day. Like if you're in a major and you might not feel this as much as a freshman, but you start, your classes start to get smaller and you start to see the same people. Mm -hmm. And, um, like the person that you see at CSF and the person you sit next to in class and have never talked to, they both need Jesus the same amount. So, um, just like chasing after people. And I think that was a great example with the running, like find things people love, like people love to talk about the things people love and just, um, truly being Jesus, like being the hands and feet and, um, wanting to talk to them and spending that time. I think that's a great way to find people, um, to disciple and, um, just like praying over them too. Like that's the biggest thing you could do is to pray over them. I know me, this is actually super exciting, but my sister is pregnant. She's having a baby. Ooh. Yeah. Super Engaged, fun. Pregnant. Or <laughs> your son, you're your not sisters. Pregnant. Yeah. I but not you're pregnant. not pregnant. <laughs> so, guys, we need just need to make that clear. Haley is not pregnant. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely make that clear. Um, but, um, none of my siblings know the Lord. And so I am like, I've told everyone I can really, and I'm telling you all now, like, um, that I am praying for this baby and that I am praying for salvation. And so I think that's the biggest thing with people walking behind you in any facet of your life and your family and your friend group and your, um, classes, like pray, be consistent in prayer and believe in the power of prayer. Um, knowing that the Lord can do anything. If you don't think that the Lord can save um, the person that seems so dark or so lost, then like that is pride and that is not believing in the power of the Lord and you are limiting him. So I think that's the biggest way to practically have people to walk behind you is to pray for people and to like really invite the Lord and, and invite the spirit into every moment that you interact with them and see what God wants you to do with that moment and see if there's an opportunity to like, pick them up as a disciple um, or pick them up like, and just show them the love of God. So I really liked what you said about the, if you don't think they can be saved, then like, what, like, what are you thinking? Like that, that just reminds me so much of just in Romans, the grafted and, and engrafted branches into the tree, how they can be ungrafted branches, but then be grafted back in by the Lord. Um, so yeah, I really like that. Nice. Yeah, I think there's a there's a common thread here of um, when you're following Jesus, you're constantly listening for where God is, mm. and but while you're doing that, you're looking for places in people's lives where God is already moving, so you can always be the person who's who's asking, um, whether in a direct way or indir- indirect way, depending on who you're talking to, um, just trying to figure out, uh, you know, where is God moving in your life and how can you inspire uh, obedience or listening or even just any sense of like, you know, being with God, communion with God? Um, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, don't don't be afraid to take the first step. I think there's a, there's a million times where 
in the gospels, Jesus is taking the first step um, because the disciples are freaking out and don't want to. Like I'm thinking about how Jesus is walking across the water. Um, or no, not that one. No, uh, Jesus is asleep in the boat and they're just freaking out because the waves and everything are going crazy. And uh, when Jesus finally wakes up and he puts the waves to rest, um, he's like, you know, I picture him a little bit cranky. Like he's like, guys, why did you wake me up? That you, you have little faith. Um, so I, I don't know that that could just I could just keep going down that road because I <laughs> love that little story. But the sense of um, how many times does us becoming like Jesus mean we initiate where He's asking us to initiate? Um, yeah, cool, love it. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Um. I actually do because this was my favorite thing I got from this oh. sermon and mm-hmm. I just have to share it please. Um, cause it didn't come up naturally. So why not make it super <laughs> unnatural? Good. Um, when he was, Fred was talking about like Jesus as our rabbi and how the disciple literally means learner and how for the Lord teaching us, his goal of teaching us is to make us into the image of him and that he invites us to be like him and he like shows us what that means. And Philippians, I thought immediately to that. Um, it's Philippians 1, 6, and it says, it's Paul. He says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. And um, I remember past, the past summer when I read that, I had been like struggling through just like, kind of a cycle of sin and um it like opened my eyes to sanctification and what that really means and how the Lord invites us to he wants to mold us into the image of Christ and that verse like just told me that not only is our inheritance secure in heaven when we are justified by Christ our inheritance is secure and our glorification is secure the day we die but our sanctification is secure and um, the Lord is never done with us. And the Lord mm. wants to teach us like, yeah. like really wants to, and wants to mold us into the image of him. And that is just so like, we don't have to worry that if we walk away from the Lord or turn away from him, that he's done with us or that he's done shaping us. Cause he's not like, we are so secure in our sanctification and um, looking more like Christ. Like he will not, stop. I mean, it says he will complete that work at the day of Christ, which means he has to be working on it the whole time, you know, like he's not going to stop. Um, and I just thought that was so beautiful that him teaching us, like he is literally called rabbi. So part of his identity is like being a teacher. And that means bringing us into sanctification and bringing us into looking more like him every day, no matter what we do, it's not about us. Like we're not the rabbi he is. So we can't take that away from ourselves. So I just thought that was beautiful and amazing. And I had to share. That's really good. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That was good. <laughs> Jacob, do you have anything else to say? Yeah. So oh. it was kind of just off what you said and uh-huh. it kind of brought up with Haley's too, but just we as Christians should be praying for open doors to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Eaton preached this at Commonwealth a few weeks ago. And it's just like, what open doors is the Lord, what doors is the Lord like wanting you to pray to open? And like, is he giving you an open door and are you, are you taking it? And if not, why? Like, um, I feel like that's been a big 
topic within my shift group um, a few weeks that we've talked about. It's just like, what opportunities is the Lord giving you right now that you're just saying no to, and why is that? Um, so I feel like that's just a big heart check where it's like, I love you, Lord, but if I love you, I, I should be wanting to share this like g- good news to others and go through these doors and preach the gospel. So why am I hesitant with this person, but not with this person? So I think that's just a really good thing to reflect on and just be like, why, why is my heart feel this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think both of those really go together. I think, uh, relating it to the scarcity mindset thing I was saying earlier, I think the opposite of a scarcity mindset is courageousness, courage. Um, and I think, the thing that helps us be courageous is hope. Mm. Um, so I really think tying Haley, mm. Haley's point into your point, like the fact that we are actively praying for people and believe in the power of prayer, like you said, and Haley bringing up that God is bringing this to completion. He, mm-hmm. his, his promised fulfillment of sanctification is always going on. So there's a sense of you, of believing in, the things that God is making happen in your life, both externally and internally. God is so abundantly blessing you, being gracious to you, being compassionate to you, being merciful, all the great little Christian buzzwords (laughs) um, that are, you know, significant of God's fantastic heart. Um, But all those things also give us the power to be courageous people. And when we notice that, God's love doesn't run out uh, when we share with other people, then we can always be free. We can always be free to pray, always be free to um, just embrace other people. So as the leader of the prayer team, there is just, you can, you can, the easiest way to work in other people's life is to pray for them. You can Mm -hmm. do that and they never even know. Mm -hmm. So if you are an incredibly shy person, I would not encourage you to go be a Billy Graham evangelist or to be uh, Jared Rowe or Kurt Vernon in someone's life. If you know who either of those <laughs> yeah. people are, they're just constantly networking and you know getting people to build friendships and interacting with people. If you're not that person, don't be that person. But every person can be a person of prayer. You can always be praying for more people and praying for more things for people. We all have our own unique gifts, and together we are the church. Wow. I was thinking that be you, because everybody else is taken. Oh, <laughs> so wow. bad. Wait, Reese, do you want to you want to talk about the the uh, you know the identical twin? Uh, oh, classic. Oh, yeah, yeah, talking about yeah, Kurt yeah, Vernon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just just because you asked. Just because I um, asked. So I have a personal distaste for. When people say things like, you should become an identical twin with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Kurt Vernon, in case you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I just That stuff rubs me the wrong way. So Kurt Vernon says that is why. <laughs> but this whole sense of you don't quit being who you are by becoming like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Your identity doesn't get scrubbed away. But you actually, so who you are doesn't change. Your identity doesn't change. But your nature changes what you are changes my refute to that is that's why it's identical twin because 
you're still identical to Jesus, but you are still who you are. You're you, still Reese. You would know because you're a triplet. Yeah, you know that dynamic. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. But, so I just think for me that so, so much of we have to be really careful when we talk about um, both making things way too individual or ma- way too general of like we are becoming Jesus. We're just our we're becoming the pe- we're we're becoming who we were supposed to be in the capacity that we're supp- supposed to be able to love as freely as Jesus loved, mm-hmm. to be as peaceful as Jesus was, to be as joyful as Jesus was, and patient as Jesus was, and is, sorry, is too. He's still alive, so classic resurrection, uh, yeah, so classic. <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely a tangent, but... But it was good. It was good, hey. It was good. I, if you're for still listening, out there, thank you so much. Anyone out there who needs to know that you're not going to quit being you uh, when you're uh, raised up at the last day and living with Jesus in the New Jerusalem. I'm just so glad I could clarify that clarify mm-hmm. that for you. You get to still be yourself. That's good. You know, that is good. I used to think heaven was like, oh, we're on walking on streets of gold and all I'm doing is singing worship songs all day. That is not what heaven is. Like he cares about our desires and he cares about what we love and our hobbies. Um like if you love basketball, I bet you you will own a bunch of basketball teams in heaven. Like the Lord mm-hmm. will make us that, like do that for us. So you aren't not you when you follow the Lord, you are just you justified, sanctified mm-hmm. and one day glorified. You know what else is great about that? You have access to the kingdom right now. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. Amen. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> such a strong tangent. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap it all together. So the, the beauty of this is that we're talking about types of friendships, all of this process of becoming like Jesus in the, in the capacity of being justified, sanctified, glorified, like you're talking about, um, Jesus is making you into the fullest version of yourself so that you can be Mm -hmm. as, uh, so that you can participate in friendship with him as freely as he does with you. It's all for the sake of this rich friendship with Jesus. If you just became a Jesus robot, that would be so boring. Jesus wants you to be genuinely you at your fullest capacity. And he wants to share life with you. There that's you go. Is, is that good enough for a closer? I think, that, I think that's good enough. I think that's perfect. It's, it's not good enough. Sorry. You're right. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, it was wonderful talking to you all. Thank you so much for, yeah, for joining you. me here. I always love talking to you, Reese. Oh, oh, Jacob. Guys, this is a bromance I've been witnessing this entire podcast. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, we've been making googly it's eyes at each other. It's a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if anyone wants more information on that, just contact uh, Jacob at UKCSF.org. Yep. You can contact um, me. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, hope to uh, talk to you again uh, next week on next next week's episode of the ASAP. Bye. Bye. <laughs>